What's up? How's it going? Hey, welcome back. That was just an immediate, we're, we're in the middle of a conversation, Brian pushes play, and here we go. I'll we're lock, here. I locked into podcast mode. Just I, like that. I'm so excited about today because we get to respond to the last two weeks of, mm-hmm. uh, I could try and do the accent if you think it would be better. Uh, I don't think it would be better, but it'll be, <laughs> it'll be entertaining. So please do. So it was interesting for me because Alan, Alan is a sick, it's one of those like almost Christiany celebrity mm-hmm. like, uh, things from, I mean, his, his writings, particularly forgotten ways. And I mentioned this was one of the most significant books of my life, you know? So it's like, you get to, you're like hanging out with this guy who, you know, like truly is like this book changed my life at the, yeah. a significant time. You know, but at the same time, I'm not like a big, like, I don't really get too googly eyed over celeb, quote unquote celebrities. And it's funny in the Christian world, what does that even mean? But it was interesting because Alan and I have never really had a conversation. You know, we've met a few right. times in various th- circles, but I don't think you would remember as around right. a lot of people. But you guys got to hang out with him a lot when I was out of town last week. Um, and so, but it was fun. We got to hang out a bunch after that podcast. I kind of wish we recorded the podcast later after in the that, day yeah, after we yeah. hung out a little bit more. Um, but I was just really struck by, um, the dude's humility, you know, like real humble oh, yeah. guy who just yeah. wants to see God break through while at the same time, uh, very ready and open to s- speak about the hard things that maybe the church in the West needs to hear. And, uh, so yeah, man, it was, it was a real fun time just sitting with him and chatting. Yeah. And I would say, um, I wrestle with the tension of the Christian celebrity and wanting to kind of kill that and go like, we cannot elevate people, Amen. only Jesus. And also recognizing, yeah, but it's like when your, you know, grandfather that you look up to and have all kinds of respect for shows up, it's like, he's, this guy's here. Yeah. Uh, there is an honoring in that sense. We were joking a little bit about that. Like, we just need N.T. Wright to come and hang out. Everybody's <laughs> like, who's N.T. Wright? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll have like you all of these You mentioned Dallas people. Willard, but yeah, that would but be harder for him to come and hang yeah, out. He'd yeah, he'd have to resurrect, which he's, you know, he's probably right behind Jesus on the... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, I, I love what you said, though. He's not afraid to say the hard things, and he's uh, n- he's saying the things that the church in the West needs to hear. Real quick, I'll say this, and then we'll jump into our little yeah. interaction around responding to it so we can bring some context. But uh, after you guys hung out, he came to a gathering of church planners from all across Kansas City mm. and uh, was was sharing about the seven marks of movement again in that space, so they got to hear that. It was a cool moment, and um, I just want to. This is a moment to to brag on the Kansas City Underground. Ooh. I don't think you're supposed to do that either. Definitely not on a podcast, but that's okay. Encourage. Okay, that's good. That's a good. That's a better <laughs> word. <laughs> I, just, I am encouraged because of all the great things that we are doing. No, yeah. no, but that's good. No, go with. Yeah, that. he was he was speaking to this group of church planners, and he was like, "Man, what." What is happening in this city is so special, and uh, he just went on and on about how special it was. And I was just in the back of the room, kind of watching. I was like, "You spent seven days with all of our different hubs in the city, mm-hmm. and with a bunch of different micro church planters, and a bunch of people that are trying to pioneer new work, yeah. um, and are thinking differently about the church." Mm-hmm. And so, again, brag is not the right word, but like I was really just like filled with joy that. Like we're a part of doing something new in this city, and he's like his response to, again, I, no one else knew that he'd spent a week with right. micro churches instead of predominant mm-hmm. model churches. But to say that it was like, man, way to go, Kansas City Underground. Yeah, you know, the, we're we're 
like he called us a concept, a proof of concept. Mm. So like he travels all over the West particularly and is working with different kind of movemental structures. And he would tell you it's his call in life to, um, to coach, facilitate, spur on, catalyze movements. And he was sharing at one point, he's like, you know, when the church growth model thing kind of flipped, there were two churches that made it go. Mm. And it was Saddleback and Willow Creek. Mm-hmm. And all you needed was these two like proof of concept things and it could go. And he's like, now we're living in another paradigm shift and we need the proof of concepts. And yeah, he's like, in my travels, there are a few. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City Underground, you're among this like proof of concept that there may be a new way. Mm-hmm. So he was just kind of breathing life into us. So I, I just want to say all that to like sit in a place of humility, gratefulness. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I brag was the wrong word because mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything that is so special about us, but that we are just listening and trying to continue to iterate, respond, mm-hmm. move, change, adjust, mm-hmm. listen to our elders and go, what what else could be? Yeah. So for all of you normal, everyday leaders, thank you. And thank you for allowing Alan and I to nerd out for a little bit. Um, yeah, you guys did nerd out. And I, I only had to Google a few words. And for the most part, I felt like I was really tracking. I can't believe you never heard highfalutin. Yeah, yeah. I just... I don't. It that sounds like uh, sounds like something that would be like an ingredient I, on the back of a cereal box. <laughs> like that's what it sounds like. Like I don't know what that means. It has to do with some kind of color. You shouldn't. You shouldn't grain. eat too much highfalutin <laughs> corn syrup. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. So... We decided we would just take today, take the next 20 minutes, not not too long, just to respond to the seven marks of movement. Because our hope actually is, yeah, for you that are church leaders out there, you get paid to do this kind of in a, a vocational role. Uh, we bless you. You're our secondary audience. Yeah. Um, when yeah. we hang out together, we don't, we don't think about you first, um, if at all. We love you. I mean, sometimes I, I think of you. Yeah, that's yeah. That no, was hard. You're right. right. You're right. Like, <laughs> it's and that's what I was, I was actually telling Alan before that. I was like, hey, we we talk to leaders from different cities. We talk to leaders in this. We're we're mostly talking to the everyday person who's a leader in their context. Like, that's that's the the aim of it. But yeah, like when I when I say we don't think about you at all, I mean as we think about the topics. Mm-hmm. Our actual hope is that we're creating stuff for everyday leaders that are yep. engineers that are cashiers those rhymed I saw you pop up you were like hey I see what you're doing um and whatever else that you do that that was trim hair and ears oh sometimes I need my ears trimmed sell I mean the hair and the ears uh whiskey and beers (laughs) whatever Uh, that work I should edit that out yeah, I don't have your hair. I dude, I do. Okay. Anyway, it's, just, it's like the older I get, we're, so what we got to get in. Where did this come from? People are like, you're eight <laughs> minutes in, and there's been no substance. Oh, yet. it's been amazing. All right, substance. so, um, yeah, highfalutin. But last week, or the last two weeks, what has been recorded is more like organizational. Yeah. Like we talked about this, we debriefed, and we were like, I think normal everyday people are going to be like, mm, skip. <laughs> Maybe. Possible. You know, like, I don't know what this is about. Is this really as exciting as a nugget of disciple making? Ooh. <laughs> it's, well, first of all, no. <laughs> no matter what, it's not. But I think that is a good question uh, because, yeah, sitting in the organizational nerding out level, and that's really good, but you're right. Like, that exists so that the everyday person can play, you know, and not be weighed down. You know, and, uh, that's, 
So I was having this conversation the other day, Brian. Okay. And I think this goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. Is I'm sitting with some uh, missionaries in some other contexts who have seen fruit, by the way, globally. And they're just like talking about the momentum that we have in Kansas City. And, you know, it's like if you could just kind of point to what you think is the some practical whys of that. Like, why are we seeing a little bit of momentum where there's a ton of incredible disciple making movement uh, practitioners in tons of cities? And there's there's definitely we're not the only ones that are seeing some. Uh, momentum in various ways, but there's there's kind of a sustainingness that's happening in Kansas City that's unique. I think there's there's churches that are being made. There's you know, and the the word that I kept coming to was not. It wasn't about the missionary pathway, and it wasn't about the the, the perfect strategy or the disciple making movement principles, and I mean all that stuff's about it. But it was it was the word ecosystem. Mm. There was something about here that I think what we've helped create and steward is it's. It's bigger. It's bigger than simply implementing a new way or implementing a certain strategy. There's some kind of uh, structures that seem organic but intentional that is helping foster movement. It's helping foster disciple making on the ground level. It's helping like sustain and coach. And I think like that word ecosystem, and then I threw it out to you a while ago and you're like, that's my word too. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe that's where we lean in as a response to what Alan's talking about is it really, he's talking about organization, but he's also, I think he's talking about ecosystem, creating something that can help everyday people. And then the resulting fruit of that, um, have kind of, I don't know, both a like a launch starting point, but also a sustaining foundational, like we're, we're dug in and it can actually work out. You, you, you warm, Bro, it's I, so you're fanning here, your man. face here. We gotta get the door open. All right, I'm on it. All what right. do you think? Yeah, I'm going to respond to that and say that like, let's just take the first three or four minutes here. Um, and, and the actual meat of the conversation and go like, yeah, actually we are speaking to you as leaders right now. So if you're thinking like, man, yeah, the seven marks of movement, because I was listening to that. That did resonate with me, and yeah. I love the stuff I was hearing. Um, we would say, like, those two episodes, the MDNA followed by the seven marks, that stuff shaped who we are yeah. in very deep ways. I remember reading The Forgotten Ways in 2008, so a couple years after it came out, mm-hmm. and just, or 2009, and just, oh, my gosh, just, like, page after page I would read over and over again because I could not understand what he was saying Mm. at all because I lived in a paradigm a filter a worldview that was like he was writing about something else to come yeah but that was actually ancient but that we weren't living into yeah and I just couldn't get it Mm. um it was like a foreign language if you're the saltwater fish it was freshwater you know what I mean like so but I read through it and it was resonating. It gave me language and something to like start learning. There's enough there to yeah. start leaning into. Yeah. Uh, but I read it last year and I just like, I was like speed reading. Boring. <laughs> no. No, I, yeah. But it was like, yeah. oh, we're actually living this now. Yeah. This is our story. So if if you're like a, a leader in, in, in the church in some way and you're dreaming about something new and you're, you know, you're on this podcast listening to it because you're like, I want to maybe explore what other people are trying to experiment with, see mm-hmm. what we could shift, see how we could integrate some new things into what we're doing. Man, those two episodes were, whoo, mm-hmm. 
as a leader, they got yeah. me excited again. It's like, oh, yeah. the MDNA, man, Jesus is Lord at the center, the seven marks of movement that, mm-hmm. you know, they're radically centered on uh, this massive vision. And then they're, they're, they're pushing power and function to the outermost edges and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, if you're a leader, you need to go back and listen to it because he is helping you create the new ecosystem in which to live. Right. Exactly. That's good. I thought you were about to say something no, else. I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, yeah, totally. Rewind. <laughs> just, hey, just like skip back about two minutes and just listen to that again. <laughs> That's so good. So, I mean, how does that, what does that mean for normal? Yeah. So let's, dude on we'll the spend the rest of the time in that. Cause if you're a leader, yeah. maybe you're able to integrate some of that as you went. This is what we really wanted to spend time in today. Here we are, 13 and a half oh, minutes that's good. in. That's good. It was like, oh, now we're. Hopefully they hung in this far. No, you're you're good. All right. So normal people, everyday people, you listen to the last two episodes and you might be thinking, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I felt like I gained something because he was speaking with a different accent. Yeah. So it was kind of like the Absaloms a few weeks back. It's like the intelligence level just automatically bumped up. Just no matter what you sound smarter. So I just hit three things for me, and maybe you can, uh, maybe you have others, but if not, uh, we can just respond mm-hmm. to these. But uh, the first thing is like, why is it important for the the leader that's in the ordinary stuff of life, just trying to embrace disciple making, be a spiritual parent, live into a new paradigm, move away from what you've always known, churches you've known it. The first thing is like the whole is in the part, and the part is in the whole. Um, like it's important that you embrace and hold that because we see that in you yeah um you know as alan was talking like uh in in these other spaces where he was presenting in some ways like every person is the potential of a movement maker Mm -hmm. every person could be the one that sparks a movement the so the the in the in the seed is the potential for the forest and it's like man that's i've embraced that Mm mm-hmm Everybody that we coach, that we're connected to, good. I I don't think. Well, this person couldn't be a movement maker. It's like no, I start. I lead with the yes of like, okay, what does, what does this mean in light of the bigger movement? How can we support what Jesus is calling you to do? Because who knows what movement will come out of that? So, the whole is in the part. The part is in the whole. Is like everything at the ecosystem, higher organizational level. What if you understood it and owned it at your level? Yeah. And that, which means we have to make it simple enough to hold and reproduce. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I was actually on a different podcast the other day, the, the blessed podcast, Gary Kindle and love KC, um, here. So I, I have, uh, if, if you want to search for that as well, just, a, you know, as a secondary podcast, yeah, obviously yeah, you yeah, listen yeah. to ours first. Right. Then, yeah, yeah. Shout uh, out to Gary. Kendall. And somebody asked the question, um, on that Samantha is one of the, the people on that podcast. And she asked like, can you essentially you do what you're trying to do, um, and still go to this other church that you're a part of? And, uh, and it was, you know, it's a good question. And my, my first response is yes. I mean, like don't abandon your spiritual family to, you know, but like at, while at the same time making sure that you go all in and, and really intend to make disciples and then go after the reason I'm, I'm saying that story is because I think on the ground level for the, the normal person in the normal places is that two things are true. One, yes, every single person has the, the capacity to, spark movement because the spirit of God dwells inside of them simultaneously you you're not meant to go alone you know and like I think that's where we fall short sometimes is that we don't actually have structures that I'm 
try, I want to try to say this in the nicest way that even support yeah. what we're trying to do, right. you know, like organizationally, we're actually kind of where it's like we're walking against the current sometimes. And that that is actually the analogy that I use for years describing what I felt like in the body of Christ in my context was like I felt like the the, the river is flowing very fast. But God put in me this desire you know, to go to people who wouldn't come to us and start from scratch. And uh, it's like I always felt so flipping exhausted, right? Because I'm walking against this current. But when you're part of an ecosystem and you feel supported, mm-hmm. you feel like there's some coaching and there's just some camaraderie, uh, there's, if nothing else, there's just language. Like I, I was talking to someone at a Zoom call the other day with someone and uh, they were telling me, telling me they were like binge listening to our podcast and I so first I apologized I'm like <laughs> so, sorry, sorry you, about you've got to be tired of my voice um but it was like it was like the first time ever someone was speaking the language that he, he knew but he didn't even know he knew and it's right. like oh you and I speak the same language like that's part of the ecosystem so as we're sitting here and listen to Alan like yeah like in some ways like you know well his accent you know, it's like yeah. it's different. There's words that are being used that go on the back of, you know, stereo boxes and things like that that I don't quite track. But at the same time, there's something about it that's like this is this is the current and I'm walking with the current. Like I get it into an extent. Like I'm there's freedom to do this. I've I've I'm empowered to do this. There's like I'm there's I'm excited to be intentional in relationship. You know, that all that stuff which, man, no matter how many sermons I had heard about evangelism or loving my neighbor or whatever, I still just felt like I was walking against the stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are a lot of there are a lot of churches that are leaning into more missional um, postures that could help foster some of this. I'm not saying you have to be part of underground or something like underground, but I am saying that is why I think what Alan is saying is important for the everyday person is to know to be a to be around others walking in the same direction mm-hmm. is so key, man. It's so helpful. Yeah. And it's under, it's, it's helpful to, to understand all the pieces of the ecosystem and how it plays together. And you don't have to know every part. I mean, I don't, I don't think that is true that I got to understand oh, all yeah. of how the underground works, but right. there is a sense of like, it's important for the everyday person to understand, Oh, this is my identity. This is the role I play. That's the role you play. This is how we communicate together. And it's like, the whole is in the part, the part is in the whole. You should be able to like understand what you're living into. Yeah, I don't understand how a river works. Like I am not sure the <laughs> yeah. t- topography is that yeah. the right word. The uh I'm not sure how I don't know how a current works. I don't know how it goes from the ocean to the I don't I don't get it, but I know the water's going this way and it's a lot easier to walk with the current yeah, than it yeah, is against yeah. it. So there's certain things we might need to know, but it's more like a a way of and my people and we're speaking similar language. Yeah, yeah. The second thing I wrote was uh, we push power and function to the outermost limits. Mm. So um, it's important to hear that one in light of the seven marks of yep. movement because we are constantly mm. attempting to do that. What and, and it is important for the outermost limits. <laughs> Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I think I'm at the outermost is limits. That, is that me? <laughs> we are trying to push power and function out that way. That's right. So the reason I bring this one up is mm. if you're if you're still posturing yourself to where it's like, well, Corey's the expert and I rely on Corey to bring the knowledge and to bring, you know, the, the, the deep teaching and to bring the, the uh, spiritual wisdom and enlightenment and organization and structure. And I rely on Corey to do that. 
that's pushing the power back toward yeah. a centralized piece. Yeah. And we're saying, no, 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 you, you own that where you are. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like, again, it's, it's, a, a, it's a repentance. It's a changing of the mind. It's a reshaping of your own personal paradigm. But to like, uh, Jesus didn't make Corey any more unique than you. He has mm-hmm. different gifts, um, and he is stewarding those well. But like, we want to push power and function to the outermost limits so that every person that understands the whole is in me and I'm in the whole. Yeah. And now I own the responsibility at my outermost limit to reproduce it. Like that's why it's important to hear how these things interact. Yeah. yeah. And we are trying to shift that to say, please don't push power back to the center. Keep pushing it further outward. Own your yeah, it's so your, good. Your space. I was having breakfast uh, with a friend who's a, who's a leader with a microchurch in a, in, a, in a network here in Kansas City, and and he was talking about that very thing that he was having a conversation with another microchurch leader in that same network who was affirming him. It's like you're a leader. Like there's, you don't have to always defer and look to other things. You know, sometimes it's easy because so much of what we do is facilitation and. Um, and he really saw himself as someone who facilitates, which is good. But there was there was some, there was a weightiness to what he is doing in ministry that when you just look at it and say, "Dude, like you're doing it. You're a leader. Like you, you don't need uh, to sit under the hierarchy of me." You know, it, it was a personal conversation. You know, talking about leadership structures and stuff. And but that is so important, man. I, I mean, I love sitting down with everyday people. If it's teaching them about discovery Bible study or just kind of unpacking the way that we think and when it's so fun when someone it clicks in their mind and like I can do that. Like, oh yeah, I can totally do that. Um, and I know that there's people listening to this podcast because we've heard stories where that's the case, where it's like, Oh, I can do that. And that that's part of the ecosystem where that doesn't that doesn't bleed over with a lot of our other church um, histories. Like sometimes we just don't feel like it. It feels like I'm gonna watch someone else do it. But, and even though, dude, there's a lot of church leaders that want that, that lean towards that, but sometimes it's just hard to create it. But when you see an everyday normal person who's got an eight to five job and a family with crazy kids and busy schedules and all the things that define us as Americans stop and say, dude, I can do that. You know, like, oh man, that to me is one of the biggest wins, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, like that I get to be a part of is to see when that, when it's, when power is pushed to the edges and the edges own it. Yeah, dude, that's the that's the kingdom of God ready to totally break through in a city. Yeah. All right. The third one that stands out to me is each disciple can reproduce the whole. Now, I know these sound like they're bleeding over into each other. And they are. And that and that one is like I think he he labeled that one as like they're reproducing and reproducible, which means that each disciple can reproduce it, Mm -hmm. which is the whole and the part, the part and the whole They're They're connected interconnected uh so they're flowing kind of in and out of each other but i highlight this one for the sake of like putting some actual flesh in a story on one to help understand like when we say it's important for the everyday person to understand that each disciple can reproduce the whole we actually believe that mm-hmm. i have I'm, I'm making this commitment to change my language of away from like criticizing the predominant totally. model I always want to be careful of that but in that system, and Alan said it with a bunch of church planners last week, like it's very difficult to reproduce the whole yeah. in that system because of all of the structure that it takes to reproduce that. Yeah. Uh, when you consider the size of budgets and buildings and people and staff and all the things that are required. Uh, so we, we believe 
every disciple maker within the underground. Hold this weight. It's fine. Jesus will hold it for you and with you. Could reproduce the underground. Mm -hmm. So when we think about that, we go back to our organizing identities. Missionary disciple maker. Microchurch hub. And that's beginning to happen. So Mm -hmm. um, I can think of two cases right now where people that have been with us for two to three years and initially just functioned as, I'm a disciple maker, I'm going to own it. And then they began to identify their context, stepped into it, disciples were made, baptisms were happening, people are are entering into like meaningful discipling relationships. Mm-hmm. A microchurch emerged out of that. And now we're having conversations with both of these groups saying, what does it mean for you to actually be a hub mm-hmm. where you see a multiplication of these types of microchurches? Our our current role is like being uh, facilitators and a hub to those hub leaders yeah. potentially, but we're not going like, oh, we have to own we have to own your microchurch and we're going to equip all your leaders. Yes. Like I I can't, I'm not even gifted in that world where you're doing this mm-hmm. in, um, and so but like it it really is happening like we have a multiplication of different hubs around the city, geographical affinity base, but it's really cool now to watch this one couple that's in my head. It's like they just entered into a really hard context and then mm-hmm. boom, microchurch. And we're like, man, this is awesome. And we're like, we might see a multiplication of these types of microchurches, which means they'll need unique equipping teams. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, we got s- systems and structures to help them do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're just like, really normal people yeah really beautiful people Mm -hmm. that are reproducing the whole yeah oh man i'm just good i get pumped thinking about it right like you got a big old smile on your face (laughs) and that there's there's a freedom there's a release um but there's also like there's dna like i think and that's that's language that alan uses a bunch i think dna was in two or three of those marks right like it's who we are at our core it's what builds the whole is seen in every little every level and so I, I do think those when we on the nerdy that's the, the nerdy side for Casey Underground is we talk about these organizing identities and really that's us describing our ecosystem, right? Like we've got these missionary disciple makers and we've got these expressions of of family that emerges and that we call micro churches that are and we validate these as full on varsity churches um, that they're part of a larger network and then we've got these hubs that support them. Like that to us, that's that's the ecosystem. Is that the only ecosystem that you can create? No, but there's um, there's probably pieces of it that need to be in every yeah. ecosystem, which is the seven marks. I think a lot of that is the seven marks conversation. But to like we we put language to it, and there's a lot. I mean, there's probably a lot of disciple makers like in our context that we ask them what are the you know organizing identities yeah, in the underground. They're not going to uh, know it, what? but they're going to if you sit down and have a conversation they'll go oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. or you're going to put language to the culture that's yeah. you know that's yeah. they're sitting in um and so we're always trying to figure out when you're ultra decentralized how to keep that dna at every level but also release and those are things guys that man if we had the answer to it like there'd be a lot more listeners to this podcast like, but we're <laughs> but we're leaning in you know when we're making mistakes but every single like every single story mm-hmm. of the everyday person doing this we stop and say, thank you, Jesus, do more, we love it, and I don't feel like I did anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like it was because of a program we implemented or a skill set that I have, and that is weird and awesome, yeah. because that wasn't how I did Like, most fruit in ministry in my life 
was pointed back to somehow of my personality or gifting. And I, and that's stupid. I, hear me by saying I'm not bragging on that. I'm saying like that is unsustainable and ridiculous and the, the worst strategy ever if we're trying to reach a city because no matter how gifted an individual is, it is so limited. Their reach is so limited. But you got DNA every level that's pushed to the edges that every piece of that DNA can reproduce itself. Then a city can be saturated with the, the multiplication of that. And it's, and it's not because of what I did. It's not because of what Brian did or, or Rob did. You know, we got super gifted people have you ever listened to a podcast with Bree, Brianna Weeby? It's like, I'm like this this woman is one of the most gifted people I've ever been around in ministry, but it's not because of her either. You know, it's like it's it's this ecosystem where it's the kingdom of God, and we're giving freedom to the spirit of God, uh, so the spirit of God can move in a mighty way. So, we don't have all the answers, but man, it is fun to see some of what Alan is talking about actually take root a little bit um in an ecosystem and it can happen dude it can happen if, in other cities absolutely absolutely and if you're like if you're again an everyday person and you're connected to us for sure it's like why, why do you keep bringing up disciple maker missionary missionary pathway B- because we yeah. don't have anything else <laughs> yeah i mean we do but like the point is like r- like continually hit that core simple elegant reproducible stuff and then it's like eventually like i wish you'd stop talking about that because i have that down it's like cool that's not what that was really all we were hoping for (laughs) so um okay just go do that somewhere else then (laughs) and find others and reproduce that um so the the next piece i would say uh, last one Mm -hmm. is held together by relationships and shared purpose Mm -hmm. this is one of the seven marks of movement is that they're held together by relationships and shared purpose. Good. So important for the everyday leader to hear this. Mm. Um, because we have people where we're trying to push power to the edges, function to the edges, the outermost limits, who are going like, well, nobody's out here with me. Yeah. And I feel alone. It's like, I know. Mm. And and w- like as a community, a larger community in the city, our hearts hurt for you. Um, we believe that Jesus is going to bring people around you. And we believe for the the family of God that he's going to like birth through you. Um, but it's like, it's important for you to hear that because you, we know that there's this moment where you could be going, I feel alone yeah. and I'm going to either quote unquote, go back to what I've known or give up mm. and, and bail out. Yeah. And it's that relationship, you know, that's why we push be in a coaching group, mm-hmm. connect regularly to that because decentralized networks and movements are held together by relationship. How do you foster relationship? You create space to be together. And we're very careful about the spaces that we create. Like, you know, it could go, yeah, just meet every Sunday and then I can show up. And it's like, well, there's a reason we don't do that because it's not a genuine sort of environment that's fostering that type of relationship around the shared purpose of decentralization and movement. And the shared purpose for us in this one is like, yeah, we want to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And and if we're going to see that shared purpose realized, we have to have strong relationships where we're empowering and equipping everyday leaders to own what Jesus is doing in their life and mm-hmm. join him in it. Mm-hmm. So that's the last one for me that's like, yeah. man, if you're an everyday leader, there are multiple ways to stay connected relationally. Is it more difficult? Yeah, in some ways it is. Yeah, is. I'm not going to downplay that 
yeah. it's sometimes it's harder to stay relationally connected because of the nature of decentralization. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means we have to reorient our lives around that way of thinking. That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, one resource that we've created, um, you know, like to is basically how to be a part of a missional team, start a missional team that has some of this language of, you know, what does it look like to regularly meet together? We also, uh, within underground, if you're in Kansas city, yeah, we have opportunities with, um, like the Hesed learning, you know, or Hesed community, what yeah. is, uh, which is helping you create those relational environments. Yeah. And so uh, what Chris Caputo and Mike Miller and those guys are doing, is it's kind of some of the story behind the story of helping people be connected, have like healthy family relationships <laughs> yeah. uh, so that you can live on mission freely. Like when we talk about ecosystem, it is, it's wider than even the things that we always just talk about in underground. It's the, we talk about principles and we, and we train towards certain things, but this is not a cookie cutter. Uh, way of going about things and there's we don't just ignore so much of scripture so that we can get to the one or two passages that we really want to sit in like we really want to create the whole person and you can't do that alone and that's so practical man it's 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 really good and our coaching relationships it's just for us like like we we feel like man probably should have brie on this call more often because it's such the backbone of of what we do is coaching yeah like sustaining and and that's part of the ecosystem. So, yeah, man, I think overall, like we didn't get super uber practical, but I think at least taking a little of the things that Alan and I talked about last week, putting on ground level for the everyday person. uh, It's what we've been trying to do. You know, it's really like what we've been trying to do from day one uh, and just kind of following that current of the Holy Spirit. And dude, it's been fun, man. Like I was reflecting this past week. And again, I don't want this to ever feel like we're bragging because again, we, we, didn't do any it's like we didn't do anything like it's not because of me but to every once in a while to stop to look back and be like look at the story that god is writing um and you know what casey underground is an organization uh we're way beyond an organization i think that's our point ecosystem but an organization could fail um but i think when you sit when you see the kind of momentum and movement that god creates in these pockets that organizations can fail and die and but the seed remains. Mm. Um, and that's what my hope and prayer is like the kingdom of God is not, um, you know, held together by some organization that we've created some 501 C three covering that No man. But at the same time, it's like, we've had a little bit of a part in this and our hope is that anyone who's listening to this feels empowered to reproduce it. Um, and that, uh, yeah, city after city would see similar things. Yeah. Can I do a quick plug? Dude, I don't, we don't really do plugs on the podcast, yeah, but plug I'm away. going to. So if, if you are, going back to leaders in other cities, if you are a leader where you're like, man, we've got like two or three yeah. of these micro churches, and we don't know what to do next. Like we want to see that multiplication. We do have uh, like a coaching cohort that yeah. we've created uh, for leaders like you to see these hubs uh, that we have here in Kansas City emerge that will help you foster multiplication. Um, so this is the, the only time I won't throw Corey's email out. I'll throw mine out. Brian at Casey underground. If you're like, man, I want to get into one of those cohorts. Tell me about how that thing runs so that like, we'd love to see this happen in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. <laughs> I, I picked a city. That I don't even know how to say the words. Is that, uh, is that a city or I is wanna, that a province? I want to see it happen <laughs> in, um, Oh man, what do you want to see? It, it Omaha. Matter. There you go. It, the The point is, if you're 
if you if you're longing for that like coaching, we do have a way. So just email me. Uh, we'd love to help get you in one of those cohorts. Bismarck. Yeah, that's cool. North Dakota. Yeah, dude. I mean, maybe there are other Bismarcks. There probably are. I guarantee you there are. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> what do I push? Which button? Which button do I push? The, the stop. The it play. got awkward. Which one? Yeah, either this one. one. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches and every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.